Welcome to The One Guys Show, where we're going to be bringing you nutritional and mindset insights to help you gain nutritional freedom, lose weight faster, build a winner's mindset, all without the stress, guesswork, and sacrifice that you're used to. Now, this podcast specializes in helping women break free from the dieting shackles that society has placed them in and provides them with a clear path to success. So let's dive in. And we're back, team, for another episode in the One Guy Show. This is round two with our guest today, for those of you that don't know. Some of you probably were actually expecting it. Some of you probably heard Charlie talk about it, heard us talk about it, and then were like, God, didn't you do a podcast with that girl? And I've never heard it. People are people are way more aware than you realize. Like When you say things, they remember it online, and they message like, where is this? So we're going to introduce Charlie. I'm going to get a little bit of a deep dive into some interesting topics for you guys today. But before we do, how are you, Mr. Hayden Rolf, on your I'm treadmill, good, getting your steps in? I am getting my steps in. I've got a uh, wedding to look good for, and it's currently, I'm not <laughs> looking good for it. <laughs> so. I've got a good program, but yeah, it's called the water diet. Get shredded. Are you excited for the wedding? Week? Don't forget uh, the lemon in the water. Exactly. You don't want to talk yet. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. Fine. Ignore me. <laughs> we're gonna ju- you know what? We're going to jump into it because clearly Charlie can't wait to be on the podcast. Yeah. So, Charlie, as you're here, welcome yourself and introduce yourself to the guest of who you are, what you do, and how keen you are to be on this podcast more than anything in the world. Thank you. Obviously, very keen by the sounds of it. Hello, everyone. My name's Charlie. I'm a nutritional mindset coach, and I basically help people improve their relationship with food whilst losing weight in a healthy and sustainable way. So that's me in a 10-second nutshell. <laughs> that's it. Episode over. Thanks, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> So it's awesome to have Charlie on, and we did record an incredible podcast last time, but we had some technical errors. No one was to blame, were they? So we're going to move on today. Absolutely not my fault. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we're going to deep dive. So today's deep dive, we're going to get, we're going to get started. We're going to jump right in here today. Today's podcast is all about this time of year where you know people start, we were talking about this, where actually we were saying as, as coaches, we are typically busier in February and March. Now, some of you listen to it, like, no way. I thought January rush, guys, you'd have loads of people wanting to lose weight. People do, but they try it on their own. And this is typically where things start to shift. And today we're going to talk about this time of year where things start to shift. We're going to talk about where your kind of expectations are and what it is you're trying to do, about how you're managing what you're doing personally, how what you're taking on board, how you're talking to yourself in a compassionate or non-compassionate way. And then also talking a bit about kind of patience and where you want to be focusing outside of maybe the things that you're currently focusing on, because they could be actually leading you to be having a tough time as we are nearly four weeks into the new year now, which is typically where, you know, motivation, I think. How mad is it that we are literally a month into, we're a month into the year already. That's it. One month down. Terrifying. How is is it going? Where's this year going? It does worry me. It does worry me how quick it goes. So without further ado, let's dive in. So we're 25th of January, 2024. Charlie, what is what is it that you typically see around now in the dieting world? Let's start there. Well, I think everyone comes into the new year with all of their, you know, high expectations of what they want to achieve. Let's, you know, let's assume people are wanting to lose weight and improve their relationship with food and get into better eating habits and get themselves into the gym. And I think when we're talking about like g- going on a weight loss journey, 
we always think about the obvious things which you need to consider, right? So get your nutrition on point, get yourself into a calorie deficit, which is obviously the number one thing you need to do to lose weight. And then getting yourself in the gym, getting yourself into a gym routine, getting those steps in. These are all the things that everyone's talking about and are kind of like the obvious things that you need to be considering and making sure you're implementing into your lifestyle and into your days when we're looking at weight loss and creating weight loss. But I think there's some things that perhaps people aren't talking about so much or that you don't necessarily consider as really important things when you're on a weight loss journey. It's kind of like, right, I'm just going to stick to my calorie deficit. I'm going to make sure I get to the gym three, four, five times a week or whatever it is and make sure I'm hitting my steps. But there's a lot of the kind of mindset stuff around weight loss and on a weight loss journey that you need to be considering. So one of the big things I think is having patience. And I'm sure you guys find as well with your clients, most people that come to me have history of yo-yo dieting, over-restriction, you know, dropping their calories right down in a bid to lose weight. And yeah, that might get you rapid weight loss for the first, you know, few weeks or little while. But inevitably, if you are over-restricting, you end up picking the weight back on at some point and it's not sustainable because what you're doing is focus on cutting calories down but not implementing change, your eating habits and behaviors. And that's like a really fundamental thing when we're looking at weight loss. It's like yeah, anyone can kind of like cut their calories right down for a short period of time. Mm. But what happens when you go back to your old habits, when you're not, you know, cutting out the carbs from from mm. your meals and you're yeah. over-restricting yourself, then what happens? So it's when you're heading into a weight loss journey, you really need to think about like, where am I going wrong with my eating habits and behaviors? Like what needs to change there? And that's your starting point. And yeah. I think like leading on from that, and leading on from the, you know, the notion of most people, you know, that we we probably work with who come into our worlds have, you know, done every fad diet under the sun, they're yo-yo dieting, they're over-restricting and stuff. So coming away from that and being like, okay, how do I do this in a healthy and sustainable way? How do I drop the weight in a way that isn't like a diet and I'm not dieting anymore, I'm changing this into a lifestyle. So how do I do that without that kind of like all or nothing? Like, oh my God, I'm going to cut loads of calories down so I can drop all of that Christmas weight off. How do you shift that into, hang on, I actually just want to change this into a lifestyle. How do I, you know, create healthy eating habits? How do I, how do I learn how to balance my meals and navigate weekdays versus weekends and socializing and stuff rather than being like, oh, I can't go out for the next four weeks because I'm on a diet. Yeah. Being like, I can't have chocolate. I can't have any of my favorite foods because I'm on a diet. So, and that could be a really, when you've spent decades and I'm talking from experience as well, because I went through all this when I didn't understand nutrition and how to lose weight healthily and how to, you know, have a healthy relationship with food is that it's a, it's a really hard place to be and to sit in that discomfort of, all right, so maybe I'm only losing like a couple of pounds a week rather than half a kg a week or one kg a week because I'm, yeah. I've am i stuck myself on 1200 calories and be like, I have to trust the process with this. And sitting in that patience of, you know, things taking a little bit longer, but you're doing it in the better way for yourself for the long term because you're creating long-term sustainable change, not short-term results. And I think that's something that people often find really hard. And when I'm working with my one-to-one -one clients, I often have to like, you know, pep talk them you know, week in, week out to be like, 
trust the process, have the patience. We're not doing it in this unhealthy way anymore. We're not yo-yo dieting. We're not being like crazily restrictive with our diets. We're building this into a lifestyle and and actually doing it in a healthy way where you're ultimately going to keep the weight off because you're you're supporting your body in this journey and not fighting against it. Yeah, which is mad. The thing that's mad, right, is that there's two things there that, that that we can kind of take away from what you said as well. It's like every like every single time you've got into it, you've just focused on purely fat loss and like reducing food, yeah. like reducing food and increasing your movement. Yes, they're the scientific foundations. But what actually, but and that's that's where you just place your focus. But you've got to realize that that hasn't ever seen you. Like everyone has successfully lost weight, but no one has successfully either lost enough weight to get to their goal or they've got to go and no one's ever successfully keep it off. Losing weight isn't the problem. You know how to eat less and you know how to move more. What you got to do is actually yeah. look at the problem. Otherwise it's like putting, I always say this, it's like putting sticky tape on a leaky tap. Most people that have watched the other 72 episodes are like, Brian, you say this every time. I'm like, yeah, I do, because I'm trying to grind it into you. <laughs> is that you got to understand that, yeah, you, you, it's like putting sticky tape on a leaky tap. You have to address the underlying cause, like what you said. What has caused this? Because if you don't, you will slip back down to your default. Like what has influenced you to, ultimately we know what causes weight gain, right? It's an increase in calories, right? You're eating too many calories for what your body needs. Rather than just look at decreasing calories, look at what caused that calorie increase. It's your lifestyle that you're living and your habits and your behaviors aren't someone of a healthy individual. So you want to come into this because actually, ultimately, here's a new like thing to get you to think about is, Weight loss should be a byproduct. Now, my most successful clients haven't focused on weight loss. They focused about bettering their lifestyle to be a healthy, active lifestyle and better their behaviors and habits. Weight loss just happens as a byproduct. It's a byproduct of choosing protein. It's a byproduct of becoming more calorie aware, getting in more steps for bettering your mood, your physical and your mental health, getting better sleep, better stress management. Actually, weight loss just happened because you focused on all those other things, whereas everyone puts their focus into the weight loss and then wonders why it never sticks. Mm-hmm. I, actually, yeah. I actually did a, a webinar last night and there was something that Charlie said at the beginning that I absolutely love. And I think it's probably like one of the most important things when it is about like losing weight long term is like the habit changes that no one really looks into, when, especially when they start January, don't they? It's like, I've got 30 pounds I need to lose. How am I going to do it? I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to start. Uh, they start doing all of these crazy things, and I know Ryan. You're. I know you're quite. I know you love an, a motivational quote. But this is why. I, this is why I don't like motivational quotes and stuff like this. It's because it's like you just you. get you just get hit with a wave, and it's like yes, mm. you get hit with a wave of motivation, but there's no habit behind the quote itself. So it's like you feel good seeing the quote, but there's no habit that goes with it. And this is the same with like weight loss, right? Is like you do these short-term like quick fixes where you see this like short-term success, but because you're never actually tapping into the habit. So it's like, you can restrict your calories down further, just like you were saying, Charlie, where you could be like, right, you're now putting yourself into a deficit. I'm going to cut out all of these foods. I'm going to eat less, which is great. But I still sit in front of the TV with my husband, which is the trigger for me to then go and eat chocolate and snack. And it's like, those are the habits that are actually like holding yeah. you back from being successful, but you're not tapping into those things because all you're thinking about is I need to eat less, I need to eat less, I need to eat less. So it's, it is really like, I think get if almost at the beginning of a weight loss journey, like you want to be 
you want to be identifying what is the habits right now, isn't it? It's like, what is these things? It's like a calorie deficit. You can put someone in the best calorie deficit in the world, whatever they deem to be the best in the world. But if you don't address those habits, like Ryan said, like you're always going to end up keep like going full circle again because you're not addressing like the root cause. So I, th- I think like when you were both talking about that, I was like, it is probably like fundamentally like the most important part of a whole weight loss process is like getting that nailed in first. Yeah, you have you can't do anything. 100%. It's like, it's like uh, I was just trying to think of like an example, but it's like you need to become a thinking human being. You need to address why you got into that situation, right? Not just address the problem. You have to you have to stop and think about. Like I always say, is three things you need to do. Like for the sustainability part, you need to look at your lifestyle, your behaviors, and habits. You need to look at what ones you do that support you being the healthiest version of yourself. Can I do more of it? And how can I keep it? Number two is look at things that don't support it. Okay, cool. Can I change them to be better, more positive, or do I need to actually remove them? And then maybe have a look at people around you, listen to podcasts, get a little bit educated in regards to what is a healthy, active, like get a pen and paper, write down what a healthy, active lifestyle you look like and what habits and behaviors the healthiest version of you would look like if you close your eyes and picture it. Right. What are the habits and behaviors that that person would do that you don't do now? Like that's how you kind of like practically probably want to break it down. And I say this to all our clients, because that gives you practical application to build a healthy, active lifestyle. Because some people I think don't understand how to build it. They're like, well, like eating a salad's healthy, right? And I'm like, yeah, there's a little bit more to that. Like everyone's stressed. Everyone sleeps crap. Everyone's so lacking self-compassion. They talk to themselves like shit. Like, and I'm like, they're your issues that you need to overcome, but you need to stop and think about this and, and productively break it all down as well yeah and that's I think it's that identity identity piece as well isn't it it's like I don't want to be the version of of me that I am now so who is that version that you want to become what do they do what are their daily habits how do they show up for themselves what do they stick to and then working back from there and I think like a really good point as well on taking action on those changes that you want to implement into new habits like identify those, as you said, Ryan, and then like, make sure you're everything that you're doing to start implementing those new habits, those new behaviors, take a look at that and manage your, manage the expectations of what you can change as well. Cause I, I think this is something where I think this is really something that people slip up on when they go on a weight loss journey or, or a nutrition or a health journey is they, they try to change too much. They either change too much too soon or too many things at once and what you do is like this is such a common thing in January because it's like you get Christmas out the way and then you're like January the first and you're like yes I'm gonna go to the gym seven days a week I'm gonna you know eat a really clean diet and I'm only gonna have like one unhealthy meal at the weekend and I'm gonna do 15,000 steps and it's kind of like well if you weren't doing that in 2023 what makes you think that you you can do that just because it's January the 1st of 2024 Mm. so it's really looking at your goals in a realistic way and being like all right what what can I actually realistically implement here because you know if you're struggling to if you were struggling to go to the gym once last week last year what makes you think you're going to be able to get seven sessions in just because it's a new year so like almost breaking it down into bite-sized chunks like what one or two new things can I implement this week and once yeah. you've got that into your routine, you're like, okay, that manage, that's manageable. That works. 
I was able to get to the gym on a Wednesday and a Friday. I managed to do seven to 8,000 steps each day, which is up from 5,000 from last year. And I've managed to stick to my diet 80% of the time or whatever it is. So then from there, then the week after you can be like, oh, I think I can manage one more gym session and do it that way rather than going in like, I want to change everything. And then ultimately being like, oh, I didn't get to the gym seven times. I messed up. I, I didn't do all my steps. I'm a failure. You slip into the negative self-talk and you're like, I knew I wouldn't be able to do this. I'm going to give up already. And you slip back into that. So yeah. I think that's another really important thing to is managing your expectations of what you are able to change and do it bit by bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, don't compare yourself to others because everyone's journey and everyone's situation mm. is totally different. It's like, make, make like, just try to, I said this in the podcast the other day, didn't I, Hayden? It's like, just try the UK cyclist team was an example that I got from this book that I was reading. And it was like, they kept trying to like win, right? They were like the worst they've ever been in years. Cause all they were doing is focus on trying to win cycling and a new coach coming in. It was like, let's start trying to win cycling. Let's just try and every day do something that will make you a better cyclist. They change their pillows, like made their pillows better. So they'd sleep better. They rub like gel on their tires. They ate more protein in their thing. They mindfully ate. They did all these just little tiny things that no one else was doing, but over time accumulated them to being better, performing better. And they started winning, setting new records. And it's exactly the same with this. It's like set tiny little things. Like every day, what are the boxes that you can tick that are going to take you closer to that goal? And it made me laugh when it made me thought about like when everyone tries to go all in a prime example of that. And even clients listen to this, you'll know you've done it is that when I get like a, a consultation come in, right. And it's like, what does a typical day of food look like for you? And people say, Oh, like yogurt in the morning. And I have like a chicken salad at lunch. And then I just have like, like a small portion, like dinner in the evening. And I'm like, cool. That's probably like 1400 calories. That's not what you eat every single day. <laughs> and I'm like, you've just said yeah. that. And it's like, you oh, almost my. then have to wait to go and I wait till I get like two, two weeks. And then I'm like, right now let's break down two weeks of real food in your life as it is. And now let's look at that because ultimately then it's like, well, the example you gave was great, but people struggle with that anxiety, right? That identity is kind of where I'm going with that is like people either go all in. They're like, yeah, this is my, and I'm like, no, this is the diet that you think you should eat when you want to lose weight. That's what you've written on that consultation yeah. form. I want to know <laughs> what your diet is like. You would like to be eating. Yeah. If you're, if you're nailing three bowls of Cheerios and a ripple chocolate bar for breakfast, I want to know about it. Don't put down yogurt and some porridge and some like blueberries with a sprig of chia seeds because you think it's going to make me happy. Like it doesn't help me do my job. I'm like, just put it down. And it is, it's that identity, right? Because ultimately I think you're <laughs> having to, you know, a lot of people hide their true self and hide that true thing because you're, we're worried of judgment, if that makes sense as well. I, I just, yeah. on, just on that point, I literally had a client do their check-in on Monday and I was like okay I'm gonna have a use it we don't really look like too much into we give like a ton of like quality autonomy to our clients where they can just you know eat whatever they want I'm more interested in the data it's like what's the data doing if the data doesn't support what I want to be doing then I'm going to go into the nutrition and look what they're eating and I could see I was like looking at the nutrition I was like it was just very like porridge for breakfast it was like oats for breakfast it was like a chicken sandwich for lunch so I messaged her, I was like so did you just have, what, what did you have for breakfast? She was like, oh, I had oats. I was like, just oats? She was like, yeah. Well, I put some Nutella in it as well. And I was like, so you had Nutella in the oats? She was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like. Sounds delicious, to be fair. It, honestly, it is. It's really good. Banging. Yeah. And I was like, well, how, how, uh, how much did you put in? She was like, oh, like, you know, maybe one or two teaspoons. I was like, one or two? Like, very different calories, like, between right. one or two. It was two. 
And it was like, we worked out, it was like, you know, that was an extra like 300 and something calories in just that one thing that wasn't accounted for. But I think like going back to your point as well, it was like just starting slow and like building up. It's like, you don't have to be, I think when you talk about losing weight, right, the first thing is like restriction, like calories need to be super low. I think most people get put probably on average in like a 20% deficit. Even if you just literally for the same, for, let's just say week one, you go into a 50 to 100 calorie deficit, like you are still making huge progress. Like you don't need to go into straight away, like a five, 600 calorie deficit. Mm. It's like just week one, like one of the things that I, we spoke about on our coaching call, didn't we, Ryan, leading into Christmas was, you know, your habits change when you go into the Christmas, your environment changes, you go back to your parents' house, you do all of these things, you will eat more, like naturally, you will start to snack more, you'll start to pick up bad habits. To then just go straight back to doing what you're doing prior to Christmas can sometimes be quite hard for some people. Like I know for myself in particular, is that I struggle to then go straight back into like the normal calories that I'd be eating. So it's like, well, why don't you just week one, start tracking your calories again? It's like, you don't need to even set a number. It's like, just track your calories because I guarantee the habit of you tracking, you will intentionally start eating less anyway through it. So it's like, just start super slow. Like you don't need to, I think it is like weight loss, isn't it? It's like, it's just, there's such a, there's so many negative thoughts that come to weight loss, which is like intense exercise basically easy mm-hmm. next to nothing it's like it's really like it doesn't need to be like that at all and we spoke about it on the podcast didn't we on tuesday ryan where we we're saying it's you know your nutrition arguably doesn't really change at all from when you're trying to maintain weight gain muscle lose body fat like it doesn't it's just the quantity sizes that's that's all that really changes yeah yeah and this is like you'd like like even simple is like at the moment if you just just have this is it's difficult because pe- people probably hear us or be like we're like, advocate flexible eating right we're like you know 80 20 rule 80 percent nutritionally dense 20 percent soul foods as i like to call it foods are good for the soul and some people are probably like well i do have good balance and it's like yeah and so some people probably have like you know i don't know like 500 calories of like cereal each morning because i'm always like well just start small start simple at like one meal kind of thing but i think the issue probably comes is then people are like well i have cereal like the rest of my day is okay but because they don't have that calorie awareness they then struggle if that makes sense. Cause so many people come being like, I eat healthy. I don't know why I'm not losing weight. And I'm like, yeah, that's also an issue because I'm like eating healthy doesn't mean it's low in calories. Like, you know, in Joe, like a prime example, yeah. the Joe's Joe Wicks recipes, whenever I start getting to that, people were gaining weight because his recipes were like a thousand calories. Like they were lovely and they were super healthy and super nutritionally dense, but they still contained over a thousand calories. And the rage of the avocado. Well, a whole avocado is like need 300 calories. It's like everyone was adding avocados to like meals. Your meals have now gone from 500 to like 800 calories. And people wonder why they were gaining weight when they were eating healthy. So I don't really know where I'm going with that. So, but that, yeah. my point was well, that like, um, Sorry, on, no, I was just going to say it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just step in here. Yeah. Now I've forgotten what I was going to say. Yeah, there's two, there's kind of like two parts to like, I guess, calorie tracking and educating yourself around food. Because as you say, like you could be eating the healthiest diet, but if, you know, if your maintenance level calories are, let's say 2000 and you're eating gorgeous, healthy food, you're having like your, you know, your chia puddings for breakfast and your chicken kale. And I've, avocado never had salad a and I've never had chia pudding. <laughs> Very nice. 
and you call yourself a health coach. Who are you? <laughs> well, McDonald's, though. <laughs> McDonald's hash browns are life. Um, oh, they're good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, if you're if you're consuming 2,500 calories of nutrient-dense, gorgeous, healthy foods, but you're only yeah. burning off 2,000, like you're gonna you're gonna gain weight. Like mm. likewise, if you ate McDonald's for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and that only came to 1,500 calories and you're burning you off 2,000, you're gonna lose weight because mm. you know, when it comes to weight loss, it's about calorie balance. But we're not just looking at calories, we're looking at like nourishing our bodies Everything. and getting nutrients in. So yeah. yeah, that education around, you know, what calories and mm. different nutrients are in different foods is such an important piece. Or, you know, I, I'm sure you advocate as well, like tracking food and, you know, using my fitness power isn't something we want to be doing forever. It's a learning tool so that you understand. Yeah, yeah obviously, we're using it to, to use it with a calorie target, but we're also learning, oh, you know, how much protein a chicken breast has and how many calories mm. an avocado has and how many yeah. you know, how many calories a bowl of oats has so that mm. you are able to after you've gone through that process of tracking food eat more educatedly intuitively as i like to call it because you're not mm-hmm. just like oh i'm eating like a really healthy nutrient dense lunch i hope that's enough for me to lose weight because is it because it is about calorie balance so it's yeah. it's having the two it's having the understanding the of calories and and yeah the awareness of calories and also you know, getting the nutrient-dense foods in, so. Yeah, 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 for sure. And that's it, like, like part of this is, is education, you know, and this is what I was saying, like, you don't want to start, like, most people just start by trying to reduce stuff and you're like, well, okay, don't try and do a mass overhaul, start small. Look at your breakfast, right? How, look at your breakfast and just look at the back of the, look at the nutritional information on the back, right? And say you have the same breakfast, take a look at it. And you're like, okay, cool, well, look, my breakfast is like 600 calories, Okay, what could I do to maybe make it 450, reduce it by 150? That one change will help you lose weight. Okay, cool. And this is it. It's like, even if you're like, oh, I used to have like like four scrambled eggs, two pieces of toast with like a wedge of butter. Oh, actually, what I'm going to do is have four scrambled eggs, one piece of toast, and I'm just going to have like maybe a third of the amount of butter that I'd usually lather on it. And you've just saved yourself 250 calories. You do that every day. You literally just put yourself in a deficit and you haven't had to change anything else. But what this allows you to do is to get some progress. Progress equals motivation. You've now got more motivation to continue. And now you can start to look at other things. And this is how simple it can be when you are starting out. It doesn't need an overhaul. It can literally be like from two pieces of toast in the morning to one piece of toast. And instead of just free spreading, (laughs) free spreading, it's a word I've just made up. Instead of free spreading and like free pouring, it's like just half your free spread. Just weigh out your freeze, like your free spread 30 grams. Okay, cool. I'm going to do 15. Done. You've just instantly probably saved yourself 120 to 140 calories of whatever spread you're using by doing that. Do you know what I mean? So it's kind of try to think actually, the sweat the small stuff. Stephen Bartlett said that in his, in his book. It's like sweat the small stuff, sweat the 1% stuff, because that's quite important. Have you seen uh, he's getting an awful amount of hate at the moment on his podcasts? Yes, isn't he? Yeah, huge amount. It's like, because every time that he has a guest on, he goes with what they're saying and then telling yeah. everyone around the world. To and like, has conflicting guests. Yeah. Yeah. And so next week he's like, like, I knew I was missing this. People. Yeah. Listen to five, like, five, he's had five different guests on, like, in the last few months talking about, like, fat loss and yeah. belly, and they've all said and something different. Belly, belly burning diet, fat loss diets. And they're all saying something different. And it's like, what? Just. Yeah. you're confusing people like this is this making is, this problem I, worse I think, about... I, I think the podcast is now 
correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's yeah. I think it's now just turned to moneymaker. He doesn't really care about that, yeah. Like all of the stuff's clickbait. All of the guests, like you have. If you have a podcast, right? You want people on there that talk sense. You're not going to want people then that talk crap. He knows deep down that like that you've had five guests on there about nutrition, and only one of them was it. Not Jason Fung. Was he the one? There was one of them, wasn't there, that actually spoke sense. One of them actually spoke sense. The other ones were like telling you to like cut out sugar. Another one was talking about intermittent fasting. Another one was talking about specific, like, etc., yeah. whatever. And you're like, you've had one guest that spoke sense. The other five spoke about totally different things. And I get you're trying to give a broad range, but you're like, when they're passing misinformation, 100% he knows. Because he's not dumb by any means. Mm. And I'm like, you are, no. like Hen said, you're doing it for money because it increases views. People get pissed. People start commenting. The more views to get, the more money he makes. Make. millions from yeah. YouTube. And I'm like, he probably doesn't and care. And he's got a, he like, a team hate. of like 70 people producing that show. Because he, he pops out like, what, if three you, or four a week? It's yeah. insane. If you go on YouTube, you can, if you, I want to yesterday when I was doing my cardio and there was, there was three of the same podcast, but they just had different covers. Like I thought they did them at different points, but no, all there was the three with the guy, same thing, same time stamp. And it is just a shame because that is such a big, it's such a big podcast. And yet, you know, some of my clients have asked me questions about it and you see people like, oh, this, you must've seen him, that black bodybuilder, Eddie Ebra, whatever his name is. Please tell me you've seen him, Charlie. No, I didn't see it. How have you not, not on the podcast. He's just online. He basically goes into like supermarkets and then he's like, you shouldn't be eating that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so basically for those of you that listen to it, some of you must've seen him. Basically he's just like, you need to just eat whole, whole food. Don't eat processed food. It's full of crap. It's full of shit. It's it's bad for you. This is what's causing all of the diseases and all of the things. Quite ironic because he was a bodybuilder in the Arnold Schwarzenegger time. And I think he even won a title come second. Obviously juiced up to eyeballs. So like some of the comments are like, Hold on. Yeah. Back in the day, you were like filling yourself anabolic steroids, which probably isn't healthy long term. And here you are being like, eat raw food, eat raw, raw. You can't eat this. This is shit. But the problem is, is that people like that on social media get so much. Going a total tangent here. I'm well passionate about this, but I'm like, just because someone has a following doesn't mean that they're credible for advice. And that's the, that's also, I think, the issue that we face in regards to people's expectations when they come to us, they've been so overwhelmed and swarmed of stuff. You know, people come in, I jump on a call and they're like, yeah, so my thyroid is messed up. My metabolism's not great. And then I'm like, okay, cool. Are you on like thyroxine? Like, yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. All levels of your thyroid should be normal. And then I'll get a random text. Like I can definitely tell my thyroid's playing up. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I'm like, you're still taking thyroxine. She's like, yeah. Like, okay. And I'm like, well, if you're not happy, like go get your blood work. Blood work's come back fine. Like that's because you're just <laughs> you're telling yourself these things. Like, I can tell yeah, that like I can tell my thyroid's off, and I'm like your thyroid's not off. Like you you were un- you had an underactive thyroid. You take the right medication. I don't know when I can feel my. And I'm like it's these internal biases that sometimes I think with regards to, like the patients part hold you back so badly. You know I've had it like my metabolism's yeah. broken. I eat a thousand calories, can't lose weight. My thyroid's messed up. Are oh, you on thyroxine? Yeah. Well, then all levels should be fine. And it, and I've and I've even gone and got blood work, and it shows nothing. But I know there's something wrong. <laughs> like, okay, but if you're oh, you, the amount of times people have said I've had a hormone test because I know it's my hormones, but nothing come back, and I'm like, well, that's because there's probably nothing wrong with your hormones. You're just I don't know where you've got this yeah. information from. Do you know what I mean? But 
if the blood work's saying that your hormones are fine, there's nothing wrong with your hormones. I forgot to yeah, uh, it's... say to you. Right, sorry, sorry, go on, Charlie, go on. Oh, no, I was just going to say, it's that it's that piece of like, what stories are you telling yourself mm. that are actually excuses? Like, yeah. what are you what are you covering up that's actually like, oh, I actually need to call myself out on my own shit and be like, it's, it's not my thyroid. It's the fact that I haven't been paying attention to my tr- nutrition as much as I should have been or whatever it is. Yeah. 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 How do you navigate? How do you navigate that? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Pass we'll, the we'll get to after. Remember that. Remember that. When Hayden <laughs> says this bit, what we want to do after is talk about how do you navigate calling yourself out on your own bullshit? Mm. Maybe that's another um, episode. I was no, I was just gonna yeah. say, like, can you remember there was this this was going back to maybe like I think it was like 2018, maybe 2017, when there was like a huge, huge culture of like influencers promoting products and influencers just promoting like just there was it was all just money makers right and i had a call with a woman earlier this week and this is what i've got to tell you right and she basically she came onto the call and she'd had these preconceived thoughts of what was wrong with her right so she was now the doctor she'd she'd basically diagnosed herself this stuff but where it came from is she follows someone that is very heavily into how allergies with foods can stop you losing weight. So she went and got a, like an allergy test of like foods and it it came up with, she was like listing off foods I've never even heard of. Like she was just coming up with like all of these foods. And obviously like we know there's actually no science behind this because if you are allergic to a certain food and your body can't process the calorie, like you can't digest the nutrition of it, you we're not weight. actually digesting the calories. So it's like, you're, you're going to lose weight. So mm. it doesn't make any sense. But obviously I can't sit there and just be like, well, that was, you wasted, because she spent a lot of money on this. But I was like, you can't mm. waste your money. You're like, this is Zoe. Zoe's that, isn't it? What Stephen Bartlett's invested in. That's that just popped into my head. There's yeah. no science behind it. And if you don't have, if you're not diabetic, you do not need to wear an, an insulin pack. Like your blood sugar, your insulin will do exactly what it needs to do and it will control your blood sugar. You don't need to worry it's about just- it. It's another thing for people to get obsessed with and create yeah, more like sure. disordered eating. Like just focus on the basics, focus mm. on getting your protein in, focus on like balancing your plate with like mm. complex carbs, a healthy fat source, as many micronutrients as you can get in and do that three times a day on repeat, like enjoy a snack or like a, a less healthy treat whenever you, you know, I think within the mix of that and not don't like your blood sugar levels meant to go up and down yeah yeah exactly but but that's the thing is that the sugar in our blood to give us energy it's almost like it's almost like ultimately is is misleading the market because they're like you know what can we do that's something that no one else is doing well what now we're going to do is we're going to tell you what foods you're allergic to despite there no then there there being no current scientific evidence that that works Mm -hmm. and then what we're going to do is to tell you to track your blood sugar because no one else is doing it. If you give someone an answer to a problem that nothing else has solved, doesn't matter how crazy it is, people love it. People love it. Yeah. And you're so right. It's like the normal person, your blood sugar go up and down. And now they become a game of like, ah, if I want to lose weight, I have to make sure that my blood sugar stays as stable as possible. And that now becomes just something that they can become obsessive with. Gamification, yeah. Yeah, and now you're shifting your relationship with food. I'm only going to eat foods that I can control my blood sugar with, and you're like but, flipping yeah. it. But the thing is, we're like everyone's looking for right is because no one like like you said, Charlie. It's like the core foundations is like you know start to have more awareness on nutrition, like do all of these things. But like to people in their minds, it's like 
that's a mad list. It's like you're telling them to hike up a Mongolian mountain and like try and find this rare goat or something. It's like as soon as something is like simplified, <laughs> as soon as something is simplified. How, how, hold on. How, how was that an analogy to hike up a mountain to find a Mongolian goat? It's not an it's not an analogy. It's like just saying, like my point is is like they're they're trying to make you do like because everyone wants the simplicity, right? <laughs> everyone wants like that easy thing so zoe is is an easy thing right it's like it's an answer to mm. their problems yeah. it's like very well marketed what, yeah mm. what are they called like gastric bands it's a quick simple solution it's easy it's why they can charge eight thousand. but i guarantee like if you told people okay to have a gastric band you have to hike up a mongolian mountain to find this goat they wouldn't eh. do it yeah true. <laughs> because true. it's so hard yeah. And that's the unfortunate thing yeah. is that I think what, like this is why the obesity, it, the obesity kind of structure is so complex. And if you've ever seen the obesity, like Google it, there's something I've to it. Google, like the obesity, I don't know what it's called, the obesity complexity of like how we can become obese, et cetera. And look at all the different like ways, like part pathways ultimately it is. But if you think about it like this, it's also like, there's so many reasons why you're consuming. One of them, there's you know, I, I've even read a book about, I can't remember what it's called, it's somewhere there, that's to do with like the hypothalamus and basically the old evolutionary part of our brain. Basically, when it sees food that's high in calorie, high in abundance, the old part of the brain used to be like, we need to overconsume. Aboriginal tribes still do this. If they come across a, a beehive or a honeyhive, they overconsume thousands of calories whilst they're hunting because they don't know when they're going to actually catch the thing that they're hunting, or if they do, when they're going to catch the next thing. So they've got natural evolutionary things in their brain that tell them to overconsume on high calorie things. Now they get away with it because they don't have it in ultimate unlimited conditions. We have it. Whereas the problem is, is that, that they're saying that that could be part of why we overeat is because there's still that evolutionary old part. It is the hypothalamus, I believe. Old part of it that mm. still drives us to eat. Again, you've got another, that's just like one random factor that you people listening to this have probably never heard, like no way. And then another factor is that like human beings, we have changed evolutionary wise. Sometimes there's an argument that probably not for the greater good, we are so bad at wanting short-term gratification. We have no patience anymore, right? Everything's quicker. You can now get like Tesco's delivery within like five hours or something, depending on where you live. You can order it and your Tesco's delivery will come same day within like five or six hours, it said. It was something like that. Oh, in We've Dubai, got... you order from the supermarket and it's here in half an hour. Like. Matt. That sort of stuff. Yeah. Like, and this is the thing it's that ultimately this is transitioned across everything in life. Whereas we don't want to wait anymore. We realize that time is of the essence and that time is actually probably the most valuable asset that we have. Therefore, everything is now marketed at being quick, easy, efficient, and to give you that dopamine hit as quick as possible. And I think, unfortunately, social media has obviously like enlightened that we are now addicted to like our phones, dopamine hits, et cetera. But then also weight loss has fallen into that as well. And it's now become this trap of like it was to market the quickest thing possible the markets become a little bit sophisticated they kind of you know if you speak to someone they're like no quick isn't the best but i guarantee if something is offered to be i guarantee their expectations is still way shorter than it should be what was the point that you said that to go back to i've literally got as well i'm gonna have to jump in a sec but what was that what was that point that you the point was we all know. forgot yeah <laughs> we all forgot I said about going back to something. <laughs> Someone about a goat? <laughs> Mongolian mountain. So basically, there's just two types of goat. There's one in the Mongolian mountain. There's other in the mountains of Peru. Yeah. But my point is that there's so many reasons to why that overeat. 
And I think, yeah, sadly, our expectations, like Charlie was saying, are skewed because of so many different things. And, and unfortunately, time is one of them. And, and we're so quick to want to get out of our uncomfortable situation. But I think that also leads us down the wrong path, right? Because we're so uncomfortable where yeah. we want to be, we want to get out too quickly. But I'm like, look, at the end of the day, you've been there for like 10 years. What's another year? No offense. I don't mean that rudely to anyone listening to this, but I'm like, look, you've the been doing 10 years. I'm, yeah. You know, give, you know, instead of thinking 12 weeks, think about this journey taking you 12 months. Yeah. And it's like what you've been doing up until this point isn't working. So these like mm, quick fixes fair. that you've been trying to do, they don't work. So your only option is now to sit in the discomfort of having a bit more patience and take it taking a little bit longer. Yeah. Was that the yeah. question? How do we, how do you, it was something about like, so how do you overcome it? It was something to do with oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Not how do you overcome pet? Was it identity? <laughs> was it Mongolian identity? mountain? So, if you're struggling with your what relationship with the Mongolian about? mountain goat, uh, <laughs> how is you become you're this? struggling with like 10 minute memory. And, I know. Uh... No. So, identity shift, wasn't it? It was about like, if you have that identity, how do you change? Like, so here's my take on it before I leave with sh- shifting the identity. Going to get an absolute mic drop here, aren't so, we? We're Hello. all going to hike up. Goats. We're going to get a rucksack. We're going to fill it with healthy food and go find goats. So there, this is, and it's really, really tough. This is really, really tough, but you have to see... You have to see success, don't you, in order for you to like have a new confirmation bias or something. So for you to change your like opinion and identity around something, like there has you have to see success with it. So this is like the hardest layer, I feel, to overcome that, especially from like an identity piece. But you need to you need to obviously change the habits and behaviors that you're currently doing. So Let's say, for example, your current identity is I've been overweight my whole life. Like I can't do this. If your thoughts and your emo- like your thoughts and identity is around that currently, and like your belief system, it's like your action is going to align with that because you're going into anything that you do thinking like, oh, we know. Well, I've never been successful before in the past, so like, why is this different? And just by having that thought process and your identity being that is going to then be the actions of, well, I'm going to cu- I'm going to try it, but you know, as soon as I don't see success like i knew i wasn't going to be successful anyway so i'm not going to continue it then your success then your results don't happen because you didn't really take much action so to change your identity you have to start with that belief system that you can succeed in something you do so it's like once you start to have that like true belief in something you can do then your actions are going to align more along with that so i mean this this isn't like a five minute conversation this is this is another podcast like this is literally a whole another podcast episode maybe we go around well technically two but three <laughs> yeah, round three. We actually record it. No, the audio is recorded today. Yeah, it's fine. It's recording. It's recording. Yeah, you're right. And this is it. Like, it's almost like you can get you can get away with not giving like like. And I always say this on calls. I'm like, and correct me if I'm wrong. I'm like, I guarantee. Whenever you've done something to do with losing weight, you've never given it 110 percent because there's always been a part of you that's kept yourself back, so that if it doesn't work, you can say, well, I didn't give it everything anyway. And it's like, until you can break free from that, you'll never one, give it 110%, which is what you need, right? You've got to be all into anything you want to achieve in life. But also I think this is where you end up making yourself unhappy, which is what leads to a struggle with the weight loss and with the motivation, the mood and everything. Because to be happy, I think it was a monk that said it, I heard it on a podcast, it's like, to be happy as human beings, our thoughts, our, our thoughts, 
what we think, what we say, and what we do needs to be in a line. Whereas you're, whereas you're thinking, I want to lose weight. You're saying to people, you want to lose weight, but your actions aren't aligned with it. Or you're thinking, oh, I want to lose weight, but I don't want to put in loads of effort. You're saying you're going to lose weight this time. This is the last diet you're doing. And your actions aren't aligning. Mm. So what you've got to realize is that you can't shift this until those things are, are in a line. And I think this is where people fall short. And they sometimes lack like the motivation, the mood, the em- emphasis of wanting to do this is because one, those three things aren't in alignment, but two, they're not in alignment because of also what you're choosing to do. Like you're choosing to do something so hard. So like you, in your head, you're probably like, oh, I'm going to try and do it. And you're thinking like, yeah, no, this is the one for me. And then your actions don't align for it long enough. And then you just fall apart. So it's like, the- yeah, it's like, go, I'll finish. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, it's like your belief systems need to like, you need to, they need to back you. And I think another really important thing around identity is like, what's your why? Why are you doing this? And not just like, oh, because I want to lose weight. Like, why? So that you can like, you know, run around and play with your kids so that you can, yeah, be a healthier, fitter version of yourself. And then like figure out the actions that you need to do to get there. What, again, like looking at that version of yourself that you want to become, what does she or he do? What do, what do they do? What daily habits do they implement? How do they show up for themselves? Because when you get really clear on that stuff, the thing is when we're, you know, when we're in the mood to make change, when we're motivated to to make change, it starts off easy because you're like, yes, I want to do this. I want the change. And remembering that motivation is a feeling, just like sometimes we're happy, sometimes we're sad, sometimes we're motivated, sometimes we're not. It, It ebbs and flows. So in the absence of motivation, you need discipline. And then in the absence of motivation, you need habits and behaviors that are supporting you onto that journey to where you want to be, because you're not always going to feel motivated. And I think that's where people go wrong as well. They're like, I'm motivated and I just need to try and cling onto this motivation as much as I can. It's like, motivation's a feeling. That's impossible. It's like being like, I'm happy right now. And I'm going to make sure I'm happy every single day for the rest of the week, month, the year. And like, it's impossible. So having the structures in place, the habits, the routines that are supporting you. And this is what, this is when it comes back to, you know, that realistic goal setting and managing your expectations of change and capacity for change is really important because otherwise, again, you're not, you're not going to succeed in getting to where you want to go when the motivation's not around. Yeah. 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 You you kind of hit the nail on the head there. And and that's what it's all about is our, Sorry, just quickly. I am going to have to jump. Charlie, thank you so much for coming on again. My <laughs> pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, I can't wait to see the recording didn't actually happen and we go for round three again. So, um, well, no, we'll, don't jinx it. We'll wait for that moment. I'll be in right, so I'll, much trouble. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll catch up with you both very soon. All right, mate. Speak in a bit. Look at that. One of the hosts see leaving. See ya. <laughs> and, um, and, yeah, then you're, two. and then there were two. You, you can't, you, you're so right. And it, it is tough and it's not going to be easy, but I think there's so many ways to make this easier for yourself and ultimately understanding that the things that we're talking about will make it easier for yourself. And it's all about making this as easy and simple as possible because the easier and simple that it is, that like the biggest factor when it comes to losing weight is adherence. The easier you can make it, the more simple you can make it, the longer this is going to last. And that's what it's all about. It's just ultimately the longevity of what you're doing because the hardest part is losing the weight, right? It is a little bit frictional. You do have to think about food a little bit more than normal, right? 
but ultimately i think kind of going back to this beginning bit is that like but just remember that fat loss is just part of it right losing the body fat weight whatever we want to call it is just the first part actually there's so many things such as the habits and behaviors that lead to the longevity there's so many things you got to mm. think about about like your own internal beliefs personal biases that sort of thing and then whatever you do in regards to your lifestyle behaviors and habits that has to continue Right. And I think this is where people fall short is like what we were saying earlier is that people just jump into this with like, I just want to lose weight. And it's like, well, no, you don't just want to lose weight. You want to lose weight and you want to keep it off. So if you want to keep it off, you have to work on your lifestyle, your behaviors, your habits, and how you're going to maintain it. Because the only thing that's going to change really when you get to your goal is the quantity of your food, the quality of your food, the way that you now manage social occasions, focus, like I said earlier, on your sleep. Everything else has to stay the same if you want to be this person because they're habits, behaviors, and a lifestyle of this new version of you. If you don't want to do that, then you can't expect the results, right? Because ultimately everything comes with everything comes with some sort of friction and some sort of pain. You've just got to understand yeah. like where this where's your pain coming from, right? Like I don't want to get up at 5 a.m. and do my stretches. But the fact that I struggled to get into this is a true story actually here. I struggled to like get like I'm I've trained for years now and my body is so trash where all I've done is play football and trained. I don't stretch. I've been really bad at it. My mm. hips are like jacked up. I think a so lot I of people are guilty of that, aren't they? Yeah. And I and I struggled to sit cross legged. And like getting down on the floor, my back was hurting from sitting in this chair. Had I had no real core strength because I didn't ever do ab stuff because I'm just like meh. And anyway, it was only when I then couldn't do stuff with my daughter. And I was like, hold on, like it's uncomfortable to sit on the floor for a long time. She's got a little reading tent in her room, right? So we set up a little, it's like a little teepee and it has all her cuddly toys in it and a little mat in there. And every night we sit in and read a, and read a book before bed. And I struggled to get into it. And I was like, this is stupid, man. And I was like, I need to do this. So I committed to stretching for one, my longevity, because I wanted to like keep playing football, hopefully, and be, and play better at golf as well. But also because of like, that was my biggest, I was like, I don't want to be one of those dads who like, she's like, sit daddy, sit daddy, like to read a book. And I was like, clamp. I mean, I'm a bit big for the bloody TV. I'm trying, I'm yeah. trying but daddy like, can't. Yeah. That is a little bit too big for the TV. I was like, must have all in there. But then it was hurting to sit. I was getting like cramps in my hips and I was like, this is silly, man. I can't read a book with my daughter. Like something's got to change. And now I've literally, yeah. because my why was so powerful, I've now stretched every single day for the past like four months now. Every single morning, 20 minutes, I can sit cross-legged, I can do that, I can, I'm squatting better, and it, like everything has improved. And I now don't have back pains because I'm doing, I'm not just doing like weighted crunches, I'm doing actual core work, which I sh should do and know I should do for years. And I can now sit <laughs> in the back for hours a day and I don't get a sore back anymore because I actually have a core that can hold me. I actually have flexibility. And I think going back to my point is this, my point is that I'm not sitting here being an egotistical twat for those people listening. My point is, is that if your why is big enough, you'd do something. I've literally gone from not stretching for the past like 12 years of training to now stretching every single morning without doubt, because my why is big enough and strong enough. My why is my daughter's to why I stretch. Sounds a bit crazy, but it is because I don't want to not be able to do things with her. And my physical health, I arguably isn't great in, in that respect. Does that make sense? I think it does. Yeah. Yeah. Bit deep, bit deep totally <laughs> Glad we've covered the state of your abs. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. That's strong, but not that strong. I say it. Yeah. Functional no, vision. I think, yeah, it really does come back to that why. And I think it's, is it James Clear that talks about like 
everyone wants, like everyone has that, that goal in mind and they're like, they just focus on getting to the goal, but they don't pay attention to the systems. And like, that's, yeah, in this case, that's changing your eating habits, your eating behaviors, how you move, how you, yeah, how you go about your days. It's those systems. It's not like, this is where people fail, I think, because they're like, mm. I want to drop 10 kg. And they're like, they go into autopilot of, right, cut down calories and just focus on dropping weight on the scales each week. And that's, that's their, that's their only focus. So it's taking it back and being like, mm. what systems do I need to change to get me to that goal? I'm focusing yeah. on those day by day. And, and like, I always like to say as well that weight loss and like what you said earlier, it's, it's a byproduct of everything you're changing, but it should also almost be your long-term goal. And what short-term goals can you put in place to, and again, this really helps when you're trying to alleviate the the pressure of like coming away from, I need to, I want to lose weight and I want that. I want that now because everyone wants the weight loss quickly. Like no one goes on, on a weight loss journey is like, I'm really happy to lose this really slowly and steadily. Like, of course, everyone would want it instantly if they could. So it's really like, yeah, taking, celebrating the small wins as well. So instead mm. of, instead of worrying about the weight loss being like, all right, to get the weight loss, I need to get my eating habits really under control. So what like small wins and like short-term goals can you set yourself that are going to make you feel like you're making progress when the weight loss still feels really far away. So like, oh, this week I really managed to control my hunger cravings. This week I felt more energized. This week I slept better because I was, you know, eating proper meals and got into bed a little bit earlier. So celebrating the small wins and going for the little goalposts as well as the kind of like long-term or like longer goalposts of weight loss is, yeah, something else that I think is really important to anyone like on this journey because we all want that quick weight loss. We want that. Mm. But when we when we're doing it in reverse and we're doing it the, you know, the healthy, sustainable way, all we can do is celebrate the small wins and work on the short term, the shorter term goals, which yeah. of course are then compound to the weight loss and the bigger change, which is the weight loss. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like focusing on like people don't go into like you don't go into I don't know, X factor being like, I want to win it. You don't go as a professional sports team being like, I want to win the league. What do you do? You focus on turning up to every training session. You focus on every yeah. vocal session with your vocal coach. I was trying to give like two opposite examples there. That's what comes to my head. In regards to like improving, you focus on just what you can do daily to improve because just sitting there being like, I'm going to win the league or I'm going to win X. It doesn't do anything. There's no tangible thing. Like thinking that you want to lose the weight it's not going to get you there any faster. It's not going to get you any quicker. And it's not actually going to get you there. So actually what you need to do is think like the outcome is just going to be a byproduct of the process goals that you're hitting each day. Mm -hmm. for, and I, I mean, I've taken a bit more of a, an enjoyable part of this. Like I'm dieting for someone that have got Haynes and things like that. Usually I'd just be like, right, I want to lose about 10 kilos ish, 12 kilos, probably you know, 12, get, do 12 and see where we are. Anyway, I would just focus on that. And this time I'm like, actually, I'm just going to focus on every kilo. I'm going to focus on just losing that kilo. And when I do, I'm going to be, I'm going to be like happy about it, like buzzing about it. And I might like, I don't know, every time I lose that, I'm going to, I'm going to do something. Maybe I buy a new, I bought a new, a new little seven pound book. Then the other time I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to get myself a tub of Ben and Jerry's. I'm going to work that into my calories. And I'm not a dog, obviously I'm not rewarding myself for food, but I, I was creating <laughs> little wins and things for myself when I did that. And I kid yeah. you not, it's been so much more fun to, but I've never done it that way because I've always just been like, oh, I'm just going to diet until I look a certain way. I just diet and get that right. I've 
worked on the stuff that had issues with in the past and now can do that. But even myself have actually taken that. It's just been much more enjoyable because you've got to realize that most of you listen to this, you've got long goals, right? Whether it's 20 pounds, 30 pounds, some women have got like 60, 70 pounds. It's going to take you a long time. If you wait until you get there to celebrate, be happy, it is a long, long road ahead. Whereas if you focus Mm -hmm. on just losing every pound, well, you're going to have 60 or 70 celebratory moments. How good is that? Like, how much better is it of being like, right, you're going to get to your goal, Charlie, and you're either going to have one big win or you're going to have 60 small wins. And I'm like, what, 60 wins? Who wouldn't want to have 60 mini parties rather than one big party, right? And sometimes I think that's where people go wrong is they forget to just like enjoy the process more than the outcome. Because the outcome isn't actually going to bring you about anything insane. Like nothing crazy happens when you even get to that weight loss goal. I've done it before. So I will be happy when I get to X way. I remember this, 2017, I'm going to be happy when I'm absolutely ripped and got a six pack. Got there, nothing happened. I was the most disappointed and I can't tell you how like insecure I was. I thought something amazing would happen to like my confidence and my self-esteem, et cetera. And I was like, well, I thought something crazy was going to happen. And I was suddenly going to be this different person with this utmost confidence. And I was like, actually, there was so much more that I need to work on outside of my own physical appearance. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, that's just a really prime example of like, I will be happy when. So you just sat in like misery until then. It's when you're saying I, I will be happy when you're saying to yourself, I can't ever be happy until, and then you're just in a really miserable place day to day, you know? Mm. And I guess, yeah, that, that kind of like example of you getting the, getting the abs and being ripped and being like, oh, why aren't I happy? It's because you were relying on those external, you know, those external things, i.e. how your body looked to seek self-worth when actually like you need to dive deeper into, into that to, to get away from that, like. I I need to be this certain way or I need to look a certain way to be happy and to feel good about myself. Because most people, when we get there, they're like, oh, okay, well, I've got the body that I wanted and that I thought I wanted to make me happy. We're like, oh, why am I not happy? Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, I mean, that's a whole different conversation yeah, completely yeah. as well. Chasing but, materialistic stuff. It it never sends you well, yeah. unfortunately. And that's it. Like, is, is celebrate this, you know, I was going to go off on one about like, yeah, you know, we should be grateful for, and you... One thing that I will say on that point is like, take if ever you're like that and you're like, I'll be happy when I weigh X or when I'm that, take a moment to stop and just look at your whole yourself and your life. I guarantee there are things that you have in your life that are absolutely amazing and that you are truly grateful for. You know, that you have a house, you have Mm -hmm. a car, you have a roof over your head, you have a partner, maybe you have some kids, maybe you love your job, maybe you have a pet. There's so many things you can be grateful for. And also there's so many things that you have now that you didn't have before that past you could only dreamt of having and you have them right like yeah. i thought this like i always dreamt of having my own house i have a house and then and now it's just a house though but you have to pull yourself i read a really interesting book called the secret you might have read it um, yeah yeah and Love the secret i yeah i went for a really dark time in over christmas and it honestly pulled me out because it it grounded me and i think that's what we're missing especially in weight loss is grounding yourself in the happiness right? Ground yourself and being like, actually, you've got so much to be grateful. Even the fact that you have the ability to listen to this podcast now, you have the ability to work on your weight loss. There's people that are struggling to stay alive and can't eat for, and I know it sounds far-fetched, but I'm like, it is bloody true. And sometimes I talk to myself and I'm like, you are so, so, so privileged right now that actually, you know what, to be able to focus on your health, be able to have a gym membership, to be able to buy healthy food, that is a privilege that 
I think we've sometimes as a society take for granted. So just remember to ground yourself at points and realize actually you're really lucky to be able to focus on your health because some people don't have bad health and then can get better. Some people actually that focusing on their health is just focusing on trying to find the next piece of food to keep themselves alive. Some people can't focus on their health because it's detrimental and not detrimental. Whatever's going wrong can't be fixed. Being overweight can be mm. fixed. You're privileged to be able to fix it, which is what is one way of looking at it. And I think a lot of mindset shifting can really help as well. It's taken a total different. Yeah. No, I love it. And it's, it's that thing of like what we focus on expands, right? So if we're focusing on like, I'm fat, I can't do this. I'm, you know, I'm struggling to lose weight. Da, 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 da. Then that's, you know, you're going to create more of that in your life. You're going to create more of that in your, in your thoughts throughout the day. And that's mm-hmm. where I think not to be your like basic bitch woo. That's where, but that's where the gratitude piece can like come in really handy where you're like, yeah, maybe I'm not where I want to be, but like, I'm actually in a, in a great position. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, you know, where I would have dreamt of being five years ago or, or you know, yeah. so, you know, what's someone I'm where I am now is that someone else's goals. So mm-hmm. yeah. it's, yeah, it's someone out so there much power in, in gratitude yeah. to what you have now. Yeah, exactly. And, and you're, it's, and with, sorry, go on. No, go. Oh, no. And I was going to say, this isn't me and Charlie being like, spiritual, like, it's just us. us <laughs> I mean, I'm really spiritual. <laughs> we can go there if you like. Well, I like, it has opened my eyes to a lot of stuff. And I, I did that. I've, I've binged all three of them. Literally binge all three of them, all three books done, finished, listened. And I never listened yeah. to audio, never listened to audio books because I'm currently going through potential ADHD. I think I've spoken about this at the moment, but can't listen to audio books, get distracted, bird flies past. I start thinking about birds, nests, babies. My head is gone. All right. On 50 different directions. Mm. These kept me captivated from start to finish. Didn't miss a beat. Really weird. Yeah. But you, it's about, Exactly like what you said, the, the whole like what you attract as well, because it's like if we spend our life waiting for happiness as well, and if we spend our life being like, I'll be happy then, or thinking about like, oh, I'm fat, I don't like this, don't like that, you're going to notice every role. You're going to notice every time the scale fluctuates. You're going to notice every time your sleep's bad, your stress, because you're constantly going to be thinking about all the negatives that you can find. If you start to switch that and think about, oh, I was got offered a piece of cake, but I knew that I was on track my calories and I could have had the cake, but I made a choice not to have the cake this time. That's a cool thing, right? That's a positive thing. Yeah. Or maybe you went to a restaurant and you were like, oh, I really wanted the burger and chips, but I'm I'm trying to lose weight. So I know that a lower calorie option just this time would be good because maybe I'm going out the weekend, I'm going to be drinking and consuming those calories then. So I thought I'd be yeah. a bit, bit balanced in the middle of the week here. Those are things that you should be grateful for yourself. Like celebrate these little habitual progresses, these behavior shifts that you're getting. And then you can start to be grateful of like the process and enjoy this rather than weight loss becoming this slug, like of just like, oh, I've got to lose what I've got to go on a diet, got to lose weight. No wonder people don't succeed is because we give it so much connotation, negative connotation before we've even started. We're like, oh, I'm going to have to eat less. I can't socialize. I can't do this and that and the other. And it's like, like if you don't enjoy someone and someone said, right, Charlie, you don't enjoy juggling because you're no good at your coordination is crap and i'm like cool you're going to try and juggle every day for the next six months you're like brilliant can't wait for that buzzed of course you're not going to be happy about it, excited about it because it's not fun for you right so you have to make it fun and enjoyable but you have to see it that it doesn't need to be negative yeah i think that's a really important point as well when you are you know looking at improving your diet or exercising more make sure you're eating things that you enjoy eating mm. and make sure you're exercising in a way that you enjoy because like if you don't like doing hit sessions why are you going 
doing four hit sessions a week. Like, if yeah. you don't, like, yeah, I don't know what else. Like, make sure well, that no, what you're doing is enjoyable because if it's not and you're doing it because you think doing X will get me to Y, will get me the weight loss I want, then it's, you're not going to be, it's not going to be sustainable. Maybe you'll lose the weight doing that. And then you're like, well, I didn't enjoy doing that. So I'm going to go back to my old habits and then you put the weight back on. So it's, it's all a part of this journey is like figuring out how do you like to eat? What do you like to eat? You know, what do you like having for breakfast that fits in with this new healthy eating habits? Like, how do you like to meal prep? How do you like to eat at the weekends? How do you like to balance your weekday eating with your weekend eating? Like figuring all this out is such a big part of, 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 you know, getting to the place that you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where, like, that's why like high street diets and programs and things that are so like rigid to their rules, their way. That's one of the reasons why they don't work. Like what Hayden said, we, we've tracked calories of all of our clients. We're getting track calories one, because we believe that ultimately it's probably one of the quickest ways because it gives you a quick en- education into the energy density of food, but also because it allows you to eat one thing that I can't stress when I'm like, these are your calories. This is your calorie bracket. Don't expect you to be perfect. We're going to be the first two weeks is going to be basically teething weeks, right? We're going to learn what typical foods we eat, how many calories they contain. But I can't stress you now. I don't want you to only eat kale because you think it's good. I want you to eat whatever you like with a 70, 30, 80, 20 frame of mind, right? If you've got 1500 Mm. calories, I'm like, cool, 300 calories ish, give or take. You know, some days might be 400, some days might be 200. Always include something that you like, right? Whether it's a chocolate bar with your with your sandwich at lunch, whether it's a yogurt, chocolate yogurt pot after your spaghetti bolognese in the evening, like whatever, or a glass of wine, whatever it might be. Not every evening glass of wine, because that's not good for you. But here and there. Hmm. It's like include those things because ultimately that's probably one of the biggest things that will be a shift for of, of like long and it's even proven in science is one of the, the biggest things of when women lose over 10 percent of their body weight and keep it off long term is having food neutrality is having that there is no yeah. good or bad food actually eating the foods that you enjoy because ultimately we eat it's like your job right you want to have a job that you enjoy because you spend 70 percent of your time doing it you want to eat food that you enjoy because you do it every single day if you don't like it yeah. you're not going to stick to it 100 percent, yeah and i think that's a really big part of you know, going through a weight loss, nutrition, improving your relationship around food journey is looking at like, where are you, where are you telling yourself you can't have foods because, because they're bad or they're good. And where are you putting a moral, like foods don't, no foods are good or bad. There's more nutritious foods and less nutritious foods. Like that's the fact of the matter. No one individual food is going to make you fat. It's looking at your diet overall. So the more you can come away from thinking of foods as good and bad, the easier it's going to be to enjoy that chocolate bar, you know, have a burger at the weekend because you want to. And if you can do that whilst, you know, sticking to that 80-20 rule, you're going to be a healthy human. And then you get to enjoy your favorite food as well because, you know, food is there to nourish our bodies in two ways. It's there to nourish our bodies with the nutrients and energizers and fuelers, and it's there to nourish our soul. And, you know, like unfortunately those soul foods are the less nutritious ones and that's absolutely okay like not every single piece of food that we put in our mouth has to be nutritious not every single piece of food we put in our mouth has to you know contain nutrients and be doing something towards like energizing us or or towards our health like it's yeah. fine to have food those feel. less nutritious food foods. Just feel. yeah 
It isn't just fuel. Yeah, food isn't just fuel. And the more you, yeah, the more you practice that as well. And I think a lot of, I see this a lot with my clients and, you know, there's often, I don't know if you get this as well. There's often like some resistance because they're like, oh, you know, I'm in a calorie deficit, but that means I can't eat, you know, my favorite foods, chocolate, chips, crisps, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and there's some real resistance with that because, you know, in their minds, and this is what diet culture has taught, taught us is that like eating healthy and being on a diet and weight loss equals cutting out everything less nutritious that we love. And actually like, when you go through the motions of, you know, eating a chocolate bar throughout the course of the weekend, you know, ordering some fries at the weekend, whatever it is, the more you experience that and the weeks go on and you're actually losing weight and you're including these foods in your diet, that's when you get the trust back and you're like, oh, hang on, I am eating like most of my diet is healthy, nutritious foods, but I'm still eating those other foods that I enjoy as well that I would previously have called bad foods. And guess what? I'm losing weight because I'm monitoring my calories and making sure I'm sticking to a calorie deficit. And that's like, that's when people's, that's when the magic happens. That's when people's like, you can see the shifts happening in people and it's incredible. And that's, yeah, yeah that's what we want to be aiming for. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good way to wrap. Cause I can tell we can sit here for hours talking if we're not careful. Oh, I know. Um, <laughs> An hour and a half. Already. I was going to ask, let's talk about spirituality. No. Yeah, we will. We'll, we'll do another, we'll do another episode. We'll do another episode. Yeah, you're right. So kind of wrapping up here is that you've got to be self-compassionate on your journey. You've got to manage your expectations in regards to like how quick weight loss is going to yeah, be. She didn't talk about self-compassion. Did we? That was one of our topics. We didn't actually talk about self-compassion. Just tap yourself, pat yourself on the back once in a while. It's fine. All right, we'll go. Did you want to talk about it quick? <clears throat> no, we haven't got time. Let's save it for the next right. episode. Okay, we'll save it for the next episode. So because remember, then we're getting into like Huberman Huberman podcast lengths, and no one wants to listen to a two-hour-long podcast. No, right? no, we try and keep these like forty-five, so we double that. Yeah, yeah. So you know, manage your expectations. Make sure you're including foods that you enjoy. Celebrate those small wins. Try and be just one percent better every single day, and make sure that you enjoy the process as well as the destination. And and you need to understand basically that there needs to be an identity shift, right? Like what Charlie said, think about yeah. who you want to become. Think about the habits, behavior, lifestyle, everything that would be a bit them about. Write it down on paper if you want to get practical. And then ultimately from there, start to implement and go slow. Is there anything you want to add here? Yeah, she's really butting in, isn't she? I heard oh, that. Yeah. She's like, good afternoon, Ryan. I don't know what you're saying. I cannot understand it. Let me check. And I'm like, no, don't check. I can't even reach the plug to pull her out either. Shut up, Alexa. Um, anyway, look, Charlie, it's been an no, absolute... Pleasure. Is there anything you'd like to add? No, I think you covered it and wrapped it up perfectly. And we've, well, we've covered you. lots of good stuff in this podcast. Yeah, we have. And honestly, that's Book the mm. Secret. I love talking about it. I'm like, if you haven't read it's it, so just good. read it. I'm like, just, just go in with an open mind. It's an easy read. It's only like four hours on audiobook. I know you don't like audiobooks, but no, I listen to it on audiobook and it's four hours. So it's a nice one to binge. Yeah, no, it is. It is good. It's good. Well, uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you ever so much, Charlie. Hopefully, this is recorded this time. If it hasn't, well, there we go. Um, and it, where can we yeah. find you, Charlie? Plug yourself. Plug away. Oh, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok. I've just got on TikTok and I'm oh, yeah. just really enjoying it. Yeah. You can find me on TikTok or Instagram at Charlie Ruby Baxter. So, yeah, come follow me. Say hi. Any, yeah, I always love just from you guys. So, 
yeah feel free to drop me a message if you want to chat about anything we've spoken about today and yeah it's been been gorgeous thanks for having me on no problem at all no problem at all well look i'm sure you'll be in again because you've got plenty of topics to talk to just join us it's like the one girls and charlie for like 80 episodes yeah i love that and uh yeah we'll see you guys in the next episode